Welcome to Total Wine and More. I'm looking for a whiskey. You'll love this one. Wow. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, B21. Welcome to the program. My name is Willie Lawson. It is great to have you here. It's been a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it just sometimes it just takes it just takes a while for things to percolate and um, run down and get to where I'm ready to talk about it in a way that I think is substantive and thought provoking. Today, I want to talk about in the the inside fighting. I want to talk about inside the inside baseball of conservatism, especially conservatism as it pertains to the black community in America, how there is, and this is something that I don't think only a lot of the white conservatives get. There is a definite division that I believe it, it is completely detrimental, not only, not only to the conservative movement in, in you know, black America, but to black America in general. I think that there is, there is truly a, a divide that needs to somehow be bridged. We're going to talk about that in today's program. Um, how I'm planning on doing it is I'm going to talk a little bit about the um, establishment, stereotypical um, black Republican slash conservative. And before you get started, I'm going to speak in generalities. I'm not going to be able to speak for everybody in every situation because that's friggin' impossible, okay? And if we can't speak in generalities, we can't really talk about anything because not everybody's like that. Well, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. We're having a discussion about general things, so we must be able to speak in generalities. So I'm going to speak in generalities. I'm going to speak in stereotypes. So if, so if you can't handle that, then go ahead and... Listen to Joe Joe Rogan's podcast on whatever Joe Rogan is talking about today. If you can't handle speaking me speaking in generalities and why some of these things, first of all, they're all true, and second of all, they're all all ones I'm going to talk about are, are problematical. So if you, so, if that bothers you, then you know what you're just going to have to go listen to somebody else today. All right, first of all, if I may, let's let me address because I think I was this person um, for a while. Let me address the the stereotypical black Republican, or at least the black Republican that that I think a lot of white conservatives see. Um, the black Republican that they see is someone who is first um, willing to speak out against things that are happening, especially in the inner city, especially in, in their own community. And frankly, this is attractive to a lot of white conservatives. I'm just going to tell you, it's attractive when some when a black conservative mentions and stay and harps on the point about and, and and again, some of these things are true, and and to say they're not true is just being disingenuous. You're just being you're just being a contrarian, but harps on without adding solution to these to the problems we talk about things like the 75 percent illegitimacy rate the you know what we talk about black unemployment we talk about the dependence on um, public assistance 
and all those things are true, and all those things are detrimental to the black community. But the stereotypical black Republican conservative stays on those points without offering any solution. But what it gets, it gets them a lot of attention from white conservatives, white Republicans. It gets them a lot of attention. It gets them a lot of attaboys and way to goes, and, and you wonder, and you know what, somebody who's willing to speak up and speak out, you know, it gets it, get, it gets them a lot of that. That's for sure. Um, now the problem, <laughs> again, that that brand of black Republican slash conservative has a place, and I'll tell you what that place is. That place is important because. The things that are not going well in the African-American community, most of them, my opinion, are self-inflicted wounds, either culturally or economically. And I think that and I, and I believe that I'm correct there um, economically in our buying habits. The things that we that the things that we buy and the places that we buy them. The idea that we don't keep money in our own community long enough for it to do any good. I think there are people like Dr. Boyce Watkins who would agree with me on that particular front. And what we do culturally, the things that we hold up culturally, that this gangster mentality, this thug mentality that we hold up. And, and you know what, when it, when it became not cool, to be smart, when it became bad to be intelligent, when it became bad to go to school, when it became bad to um, disobey your parents. Now, I'm not saying that the white community doesn't have the very same problems. And I'll tell you why it's more important in the African-American community, because we don't have the socioeconomic buffer in America that white people do. White people can jack it up for a while in their families and the buffer of socioeconomic um, things that are available to white folks will give them a buffer and give their community a buffer and it won't destroy it. It is my estimation that, that at any time, in any one time, uh, the African American community is one generation away from self-extinction. One generation. So we don't have the buffer. So we have to do better. Now, one of the arguments that I got into um, online a while ago was with somebody that I thought I was building a friendship with, a, a gentleman by the name of Scotty Reed. Um, Scotty Reed started Black Talk Radio um, on Blog Talk Radio and now has, has his own separate media thing and is doing very well. And I was one of the first people on Black Talk Radio I was the I was the sort of the Tea Party conservative guy, and I, I like Scotty because Scotty Scotty had a different approach about things, and he was driven. And I and frankly I still like Scotty, um, but I think that we had a parting of the ways when it started when we started talking about marijuana laws. This is, I think he and I were a prime example of where the division is. Scotty said to me, and I believe him, that black men, young men, who get arrested and charged with minor marijuana offenses spend more time in jail than their white counterpart. And I say, that's probably true. Here's my, here's, and, 
And here's where he stopped talking to me. Here's my solution. Stop smoking pot. This is how they get you. We don't need the right to, to screw up our lives just like white people. We have to be better. We have to rise above it. Why? You mess with that pot? They put your ass in jail for almost twice as long as your white counterpart. And while you're in jail, guess what's not happening? We have shot ourselves in the foot from a cultural standpoint because those influences are not in our culture. We have shot ourselves in, you know, in the foot economically because a lot of the earning power years for, uh, for, for some of our young people are spent in jail behind minor marijuana offenses. So my deal was, if this is how they get you, don't step in the trap. It's a trap. Don't step in the trap. It's a trap. Don't step in the trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. And he didn't see that as being a solution. Um, he wanted to, he wanted to change in marijuana laws. <laughs> as it turned out, I didn't get my way. As it turned out, Scotty got Scotty's getting getting his ways around, getting his way around the country. That a lot of uh, uh, marijuana laws, uh, marijuana is being decriminalized, if not just made friggin' legal to smoke recreationally in a lot of places. Now, federal, uh, it's still a class one drug on, on the federal level, which is kind of weird. And I think at some point it won't be. Um, however, I still think that my way would have worked and it would have worked without getting people attached in any way, shape, or form to marijuana. Okay. Well, anyway, so I was more a, at that point, I think I was more a traditional black Republican type. Uh, did I have much to say nice about the black community? As a matter of fact, not in the beginning, but I changed. I could see myself change. And I think it's when I got um, connected with Urban Game Changers and Shirley Hussar. Um, Shirley Hussar is someone who works in the urban community in in California, in, in, in Los Angeles. Um, sees what's happening and sees the problems. And, and I think that this is so important. And this is why it was, it was so beneficial for me to go through this stage. Because seeing the problems that happen in our community, um, I should not turn a blind eye to. I shouldn't just be so in love, so in love with black people that I turn a, I turn a blind eye to their madness, to our madness. That 75% of our kids are born out of wedlock. That is friggin' madness. That's a recipe, that, that is part of the recipe for continued poverty. It just is. So I can't just turn a blind eye to it. However, what I stopped doing is making it a major talking point in my views and my thoughts on conservatism. My, my views and thoughts on conservatism was not to continually bash my own community as the, the, the negative example because I learned you're not going to be able to I would tell white Republicans this. You can't go into the hood and tell them that they're dumb. You can't say, don't you guys get it? 
because white Republicans would say to me, well, don't they get it? Get what? They, what they get is that they've been mistreated by the Democrat, Democrat Party for the past hundred years and completely ignored by the Republican Party for an equal amount of time. Thus, Republicans have given tacit approval to the nonsense that the Democrat Party has done in the, in, you know, in the black community. So that's what they get. So that's what's happening. So talking bad about them and telling them that they're stupid and telling them that, that they need to do research, they need to be educated and all that stuff in hopes that sometime, that somehow if you insult them long enough, they'll come around to your way of thinking. It's just ate up with a dumbass. That's just ate up with a dumbass. You get it? And unfortunately, a lot of white conservatives and a good por- and, and a goodly portion of black conservatives slash Republicans operate right there. They operate right there. Now, because they operate right there, they're not winning. You know, and I talked about this on an earlier program. Um, some uh, when the hashtag walk away movement started that was very cool but if you know people thought that that black people were walking away from the democrat party and they were signing up as being republicans they were sadly they're sadly mistaken that's not happening which is why i love my relationship with with shirley hussar where are they walking where these, these people are walking away from the democrat party where are they walking to and do we have a place for them to walk? Do we have a place for them to walk to where we can look at what's happening in their in their communities in a way and start seeking and implement, not just seeking, but implementing solutions? That's what people, people, people want to walk away from the rhetoric and walk to the solutions. Are Republicans offering solution, platitudes or if they are they offering solutions? Right now, my opinion is that most Republicans are offering platitudes based on a series of talking points that a lot of them insult black, you know, black America. Again, hoping to insult people long enough to uh, till they get around. I mean, to they eventually fall in love with you. Sort of this weird Stockholm syndrome. Well, that's not going to work. Now, very quickly, because I'm not going to be on here very long. The the other idea is that there's this black cons- conservative or black libertarian that is at odds with the Republican Party and everything attached to it. Well, because the Republican Party has sins. You know... Republican Party, you know, likes to, you know, especially during the Tea Party movement, like, like, like to say that they're the party of small government. Well, has anybody ever, has anyone seen that? Has anyone seen Republican administrations shrink the size of government? Anyone, has anyone ever seen that? No. Republicans generally just say we can manage the, we can manage the same sort of socialist programs that the Democrats um, are bringing to you, but we can manage them better. That's what Republicans have been. Now, does it have to be that way? No. And and, and can it change? Well, certainly it can change. Um, 
But the same thing is happening. You can't keep insulting people until they come around to your way of thinking. You can't keep calling Republicans racists or bigots and these kind of things and hope that eventually that they come around to your way, of, that people come around to your way of thinking. The idea is that somebody's got to be the peacemaker. Someone's got to look at things realistically and rationally and find a way to bring people together to bring when so when the black democrats walk away from the abuse of the democrat party that they don't have to walk into some sort of stockholm syndrome place where they're okay with being told that they were stupid they were okay with being told that they're lazy they, they were okay with all the pejoratives that get tossed at black people in, a, in black America nowadays, it was okay that they were on drugs. It was okay that they were probably prob that they probably didn't have a dad. And so, you know, and on and on and freaking on and on and on and on and on. So a lot of times people get into these these circular arguments about things that that should never happen. If indeed you are interested in moving the cause of the urban community of the black community forward, you have to do, you know, it's, it's, it's you have, we have to be killing to do one thing at a time. We have to be first. We have to be honest about our condition. If you're hurt and your leg is broken, denying that your leg is broken doesn't mean your leg is healed. You understand what I'm saying? You know, just just forgetting about it and ignoring the fact that there's a piece of bone sticking through your skin and your leg that your leg is broken. Simply not acknowledging that fact is not going to improve the quality of your leg at any single time. It'll probably get worse. However, singularly focusing on that broken leg doesn't make that broken leg better either. What one has to do is focus on how are we going to repair the leg? How are we going to repair the 75% of black children born out of wedlock? What can we do to assuage this problem? What are we going to do about the failing schools in our community? What are we going to do about the, about the number of black children that, can't, that by third grade are not reading at grade level? What are we going to do? These, these, problem, these problems exist and simply talking about them in a political way as a political football, as a talking point, does no one any good. And, we're not, and nobody is winning friends to either side of the political parties because I think that, frankly, we may be post-political parties at this point. So we're going to have to start approaching these situations, these problems, and each other much differently much differently the paradigm my friends have shifted so we're going to have to come in and be solution based not party based not necessarily ideologically based but solution based how can we solve that problem whatever that problem is is it is it the drugs is it the pregnancy is it the unemployment is it the education what is it that's how we that's how we're going to move being that's how we're going to go uh, grow moving forward and unless we're willing to do that unless we're willing to stop chopping at one another spend that time energy and effort chomping at the problem and chop, and you know what and rooting out this the, the circumstances of how these things develop it's going to be a very cold 
dark winter. All right, we got to get out of here maybe before somebody else. Well, thanks so much for coming to um, Fightback Media. We appreciate you. And um, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sake, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you probably also love when your dog nails a new trick. That's an everyday win, baby. Come on, Ranger. Roll over. Hun, did you see? He did it. Ranger rolled over. Oh, yeah. And now he's peeing on the rug. The rollover, though, still an everyday win. Like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Everyday wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Turn any day into a party with amazing cocktails made with Stella Rosa wines. Like the tropical Stella Rosa Rita. Mix Stella Rosa pineapple with orange liqueur, tequila, guava juice, and lime juice. Shake what your mama gave you, then pour over ice and enjoy. Mmm. Find more delicious drink recipes at StellaRosaWines.com slash cocktails. Celebrate. Stella Rosa. Celebrate responsibly.